Percy, this may seem like an odd question. Bear with me now. Can one effectively grill a steak with just one piece of charcoal? Hmm. No, my friend, one cannot. In fact, the secret to effective grilling is keeping the coals close together to maintain the necessary temperature heat for cooking a tough piece of meat. All right, we're going to hear from a woman today, a two-time breast cancer patient, who employed this principle with her family and church community to maintain the fire of her faith. Stay with us. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Here we go with health, hope, and inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Percy McRae, Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, you've been with Cancer Treatment Centers of America for a long time now. What, about 24, 25 years? That is correct, my friend, and counting. And counting, right. You're not finished yet. God is not finished with you yet, is he? No, not at all. (laughs) Looking forward to the conversation today with uh, Judy Atwood. We'll meet Judy here in just a few moments. You want to open with scripture right away? Our spiritual nugget, my friend, is found in the book of Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, verses 9 through 12, and it reads as follows. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lay down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Well, that leads me right to the question we want to pose to our listeners this week. Did you resist allowing others to support you during your cancer journey, and why? Did you resist allowing others to support you during your cancer journey, and why? Now, we've never asked this question before, and we really look forward to having your honest response to it. You can do that through our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect, and you'll have an opportunity there to type your response. Uh, Percy, previously on a podcast, we asked this question, how does your faith make a difference to you in your cancer journey? And we got a variety of responses, didn't we? We did. And I'm going to read one that's a little more somber and sober, but I think worthy of discussion and conversation. Okay. And the answer, and the response is this. I've been fighting cancer since 2016. I've had many surgeries, multiple rounds of radiation, and lots of chemo treatments. After many days of praying, we've decided to stop all treatments and give it all over to God. Mm. I'm not sick or fatigued like I had been. I'm spending quality time with family and friends. This illustrates it's personal. It is personal, and we want to continue to reinforce the fact that everyone's cancer journey is unique, it is different, and it is personal. But at the end of the day, our faith then gets incorporated to a path and a process that has significance to us in that regard. And so in this particular case, this particular person decided, as some do, uh, at a period of time, that I'm going to discontinue my treatment. You've encountered this in, in counseling, right? I have. I have actually had patients who have asked me, uh, how did I feel about them considering discontinuing treatment and care? And again, the response has always been, uh, you need to make a decision that ultimately you can live with 
And then you need to ultimately make a decision that you are willing to die with, because ultimately you are going to have to deal with the repercussions of that pro or con. And that needs to be settled within your heart and between you and God. And this particular case, that was the decision that this particular patient had made. Yeah, and we thank them for the response. We thank all of you who've responded to our questions. And again, you can do that at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With Cancer Center for Alexa, now you can. The Cancer Center for Alexa skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To access this tool, you or anyone you support can simply say Alexa Enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device or simply download the Alexa app to your smartphone and use it that way. The Cancer Center for Alexa skill. Well, let's meet this week's guest on the podcast. Percy sat down with this person recently in Chicago. Well, with me today is Judy Atwood, who is a two-time breast cancer patient currently treating uh, for breast cancer at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Chicago, and uh, was uh, originally diagnosed with her first bout of cancer in December of 2018. And today she's here with us to talk about her journey and her story and uh, how she is progressing. Welcome to the show, my dear. Hello, glad to be here. All right. Well, it's good to have you, and uh, thank you so much for agreeing uh, to talk about cancer. One of the motivations for this program is is to tell people's cancer stories. Um, I learned early on that every cancer patient has a story to tell. The question is, are there individuals who want to hear what they have to say? And the fact of the matter is, yes, there are many people who, who need to hear and want to hear stories of journeys of people with cancer that may inspire them and encourage them and maybe even enlighten them in some ways. And so that's what we're going to attempt to do today. So thank you for being willing to be You're with welcome. us. Uh, two-time breast cancer, uh, originally diagnosed, as we discussed, in 2018. Let's talk. 2008. I'm sorry, 2008. Yes. I stand corrected, 2008. Uh, let's talk about the day that you were originally told that you had cancer and where were you and how did you feel? At the time we were living in Kansas okay. uh, with our three kids, my husband, and uh, we went to do a checkup for me because we had found something. And so they did a biopsy that day right there. They say we're doing a biopsy. Okay. Scary. Okay. But I appreciate the, you know, let's look at this. Yes. And this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And come back in, you know, half an hour later and say, okay, we're moving this way. It's cancer. It's this, it's this. And when you hear the word, you know, you hear people say, when you hear the word, you don't hear anything after. Mm-hmm. That's true. It really mm-hmm. is true. Mm-hmm. Your mind shuts down yeah. and keeps repeating the word in your mind. I have cancer. Yeah. I have cancer. Just over and over and over. And they keep talking, and you're not hearing. Yeah. And so um, Charlie Brown, wah, yeah, wah, wah, exactly. Wah. Oh yeah. And so uh, you know, sit the kids down on the couch three days before Christmas. Hey kids, Merry Christmas. Uh, Mom has cancer. So during the holiday yeah. season. And so you know, we went from there and. So um, 
And you're absolutely correct. Um, that is a very typical response as I have understood it mm-hmm. and as I've heard it from cancer patients. But I, too, also am part of the club. And uh, I remember the day that I was confronted with hearing that news yeah. as well, personally. And and it's what's interesting about that is, is that, however, and many people respond in a lot of different ways. Some people say that I was afraid. Some people say I was very emotional. Whatever the general reaction is, but what I think is consistent about being told that one has cancer is that you need a moment to absorb that. And, and that moment can last longer than 60 seconds. Uh, you know, that moment could be a couple of days, could be, but, but you need to have some time to just basically absorb um, the, the reality of hearing that mm-hmm. term. As you stated, we, uh, there's a former cancer patient uh, that I supported many, many years ago, and she described it. She said, cancer is the only word that uh, you hear in loud, bold letters in your head. Yes. And you're right. And she said, you don't hear anything else after that initially. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, you know, you went through that process. You yes. heard that. that was told to you, uh, I, you know, without going into any uh, history about who or where you were told that you had cancer. I, I will give kudos to that group for being as for lack of a better word, assertive in getting that information to you because one of the things that can happen in some cases is that people wait to get that information. And then there, there's this anxiety and this tension that people are dealing with like, okay, is there something wrong? Why did they ask for that additional scan? Who, you know, so with that, even though it moved pretty quickly based upon the narrative that you gave. The fact of the matter is they, they, they really did get that to you in a, in a pretty quick fashion. Well, see, and that's the other shocking thing. You hear the word, and then boom, you've got your next appointment, and boom, you're into therapy, and boom, you've got this doctor appointment, and boom, and it's all, it moves very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you, 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 um, you're caught up in that whirlwind at yeah. that moment, and obviously you progressed through that. Uh, and uh, you began treatment and start down the pathway of treatment. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that you, you did some form of treatment, chemotherapy. Uh, well, the first you... time was uh, pills and uh, radiation. Okay. And uh, my pills that they had given me worked so incredibly well mm-hmm. that 11 days later, they wanted to do a scan, another scan. Wow. And the person who reads the scan said, you've got the wrong patient. Really? This is not the same patient. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. And he said, this has reduced in such a manner. There's no way this is the same person. It's amazing. It reduced by 60% in 11 days. That is incredible. It's miraculous. Yeah, that is. Yes. And so after that, I was at, um, I don't know what those doctors call it when they go to a symposium or whatever and they present cases. Sure. Symposiums, conferences. I was a case. Oh, so you're one of the case studies. Yes, because of my age, my cancer, this pill, the progression, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of those that they talked about. Wow. So, yeah, pretty incredible. That is incredible. Yes. And, that's, and, and it's incredible because one of the um, battles, for lack of a better term, that I have been waging and fighting is, and we'll get into the whole spiritual component mm-hmm. of you're a person of faith and you have a strong spiritual foundation and background is there are still some, and I think that number is decreasing more and more 
daily and weekly of people who are of the faith community that are still somewhat leery of medical treatment and care. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's another conversation for another day. But the point here is, uh, as I continue to try to be an advocate uh, with regard to utilizing and understanding that the advancements of medical care is just astounding Mm -hmm. of what is being done and what can be done on the cancer front that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we dared not even think or discuss, you know, immunotherapy mm-hmm. and, and, and and those sorts of things, uh, precision medicine, you know, uh, genetic testing, you know, uh, those are all part of the advancements of medical care that really is making a huge uh, impact with cancer treatment. And on some level there, and certainly when we talk about that, we're talking about, uh, I'm assuming that that was a, a chemotherapy that you were receiving orally in, mm-hmm. a, in, a, in a tablet yes. form. You know, how many people knew or know that, you know, possibly you could take chemotherapy chemotherapy orally and then to talk about in your particular Mm -hmm. case, the the um, you know, the immediate impact. And, you know, that may be very different because, again, everybody's cancer and their journey is unique to them. But again, that is astounding to hear. And that's good news because we need to hear good news about cancer and treatment of it. Yes. So that's the point that I'm trying to make. That's good news. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So it took me a a long way to get there. But (laughs) that's really the point. That being said, quickly uh, transitioning, you 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 had that impact and you had that kind of early on, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would have to imagine that was a huge shot in the arm just from a treatment perspective. Um, You. then somewhere along the lines, you know, you progress and then you're you're dealing with breast cancer a second time. Mm-hmm. So uh, did you did you have the same regimen? Did you have surgery? Did you do some of the same things? First go around, I had surgery. OK. And had uh, several surgeries to uh, uh, bilateral mastectomy and all those different things. Yep. And um, after that, I was cancer free for four and a half years. OK. Okay. And I'm like, yay, five years. Yeah. This is the That's number. That's the benchmark, right. Uh, for four and a half years, mm. and I found a lump. Okay. And so I go back in. But the first time around, in your mind, when you're first diagnosed, all you hear is, I've got cancer, sure. I've got cancer. And you hear that all day long in your head. Yeah. And then maybe a half an hour goes by that you don't think, I have cancer. Okay. And then it jumps up to maybe a day. And then maybe, you know, it goes longer and longer. Mm. And then it gets to the point where you're doing things and you go, oh, gosh, I can't do that. I've got cancer. Okay. So it does get better in your mind. Okay. Okay. And in your body also. So that's one thing to look forward to is when you hear it, it's it'll get better. Well, I equate it to, and and as soon as you said it, that you were originally from Kansas, Mm -hmm. I've often used the analogy of... Uh, arguably one of the greatest movies that was ever uh, recorded that uses Kansas as a backdrop is The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. And I often equate being told that you have cancer to the opening scene where the house fell on the Wicked Witch. Yes. And all you see is the feet and shoes hanging out. In many cases, certainly not all, uh, that can be in some ways uh, an apt analogy of how a lot of people feel when they're first told that they have cancer. That's absolutely, yeah. Like a you know a house a building yeah. just fell on them and they're then they're then having to figure out how do I pull myself out from underneath this avalanche of this 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 c word yes. as you said yeah and uh and and get 
air blown back into me so I can stand back yeah. up on my feet. And so That's I, a good one. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, but I like how you also made the point, and there's someone I'm sure that's listening today that probably needs to hear that it does get better. Mm-hmm. Is, is, the, is the takeaway there that that initial day or that that's initial week. Is, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. No question about it. Yeah. But, but it can potentially get better. Yes. And, and so uh, someone needs to hear that today. And I appreciate you sharing that. You, uh, you you go through your rigors and your process of medical care. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about earlier in the show, you're a believer. You're, you're a person of faith. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. We're not here to talk about one's specific orientation of faith or their theology. That's not the point of this show. The point of this show is, is that how spirituality potentially can be impactful mentally, emotionally, and hopefully physically mm-hmm. for people dealing with cancer. Let's talk a little bit about the role of spirituality and faith and what did it play for you while you're receiving medical care twice for cancer? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if you don't have any kind of roots, you feel like, you know how when you get the dandelion and you blow it Mm. and all those just go floating? That's what a lot of people are. They're floating aimlessly and they have nothing to grasp. Mm, I love it. If you are a tree, your leaves may fall, but they become green again and Mm. you have roots. Mm. And I'm reminded of the scripture that you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters and that your leaves shall never wither and that um, and that fruit will remain. Um, As I paraphrase, um, I think that this that is such a great um, analogy and connection with the value of spirituality yep. versus not, if you will, or not being connected on that level. Uh, because one thing that, that we're clear about on this show, and one thing as a pastor, I, I was a former pastor and a chaplain, is that our spirituality doesn't guarantee us that we won't experience negative things happening to us. And I think sometimes people unconsciously connect those two schools of thought together, and the Bible doesn't teach that at all, actually. As a matter of fact, it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not a few, but many. Uh, You know, we walk through the planet as human beings, though we're connected to the faith and hope of God, but we still have to work through the challenges and the trials as everyone else of, of the day, and certainly cancer can be one of those. But we are rooted in something, you know, and so that that really is huge. How did that rooting and grounding for you specifically, what, what, what were some of the spiritual things that you did, prayer, attendance at church, uh, uh, sacred readings? What, what were some of your spiritual tools that you accessed while you were battling and going through your process and even as you're still now currently treating right, for cancer right. right now actually um just uh prayers and the rosary and faithful people around okay. me and um just i mean when you have a faith community yeah. you're not alone yeah. and i feel so sorry for people who do not have it yeah. because they don't have that connection mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when you have cancer, you are in the most horrible club ever. And it's awful to be in that club, but people in that club understand it. Yep. People who aren't in the club, oh, you know, they they help you and they, you know, they try to do as much as they can, but they don't truly get it. And, and so faith is one thing that that's a club anybody can be in. Mm. And it's... 
it's a wonderful community that sticks together and helps you. And you're right. It's one of the, the beauties of, again, the admonishment of the, the scriptures, at least from a Christian perspective. But I would imagine there's probably a variation of this admonishment in probably most organized religious belief systems, whatever they may be. But uh, the Christian scripture that comes to mind is forsake not the assembling of yourselves as others do, uh, but spur each other on unto love and unto good works. It's a great scripture because it really speaks to the very point that you've just made that, you know, your your village that, that you were connected to mm-hmm. uh, of, of people of like minded people of faith uh, was a huge support for you. And I don't think that there is, quite frankly, there may be a very few people I haven't met any of them that were cancer patients who really traversed the 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 trail of cancer who did that by themselves mm-hmm. that there was somebody along the way that had to lift them up or that they leaned on or, or wiped a tear from their eye or you know wiped the sweat from their brow uh it's huge because cancer quite frankly is not an individual sport it's a team sport absolutely yeah um, so you had your faith community. I would imagine on some level you had family and friends. Also yes, that absolutely. W- okay. Yes. So you were, you were, you were pretty insulated in yes, that regard. Very much so. Yeah. And I liken it to, you know how, when you, uh, are grilling or barbecuing and you have all your coals in a pile Yeah. and those pot, that pile of coals is red hot and burning. And one of them rolls to the side mm. and the amber is still red but it starts to become cold yeah. and lose its heat mm. and, and faith. And when it gets back to the group pile of the flame, the fire, yeah. the faith, yeah. you know, you can get back to it. So if people have tumbled away from the faith, the fire, the whatever, you can get back and yeah. get that back. Well, And you need it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I think it's interesting that the way that God actually wired human beings is that we're wired for communal engagement and activity. We're, we're, you know, it's just built into our primordial DNA. And it's one of the reasons why uh, when, when uh, organizations and uh, groups of uh, individuals uh, get people tapped into the power of that, like a foot, as a, for oh, example, yeah. like a football game. Yeah. I mean, if anyone's ever been in a stadium of, you know, 70,000 people or 50,000 people screaming to the top of their lungs, I mean, it's like your hair is on fire. Yes. It's, a, it's so t- using the analogy, you may not necessarily be able to create that affect standing alone by Correct. yourself. So, you know, like the tailgating dynamic, I always find tailgating amazing because, I mean, people tailgate like on a Sunday morning yes. for a football game. Like they start like at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And, you know, there's just all these people getting around. They're just getting amped up. And the game doesn't start to like one o'clock in the afternoon. So there's something to be said about the power of union with others that can enhance and increase and add to us that we can't add to ourselves isolated. Right. So uh, you were you were able to tap into that, obviously. Um, in in looking at this and talking about being a cancer patient, a two time cancer patient mm-hmm. now. Um, so was there anything that you learned about yourself in the midst of your cancer journey? Uh, Did God teach you anything? Did he show you anything about yourself or others? Okay, to for my family, that how, you know, family's there, but family is the core. They've helped me through so much. And 
Um, I could not have done it without my husband, my children, my sisters, my brothers, um, my friends. You know, when the community comes together for me, it's like, it's it's incredible. Mm. And I've learned that one thing is that um, family is so positive to succeeding through this whole cancer thing, too. Okay. And, um, you know, I don't say no anymore. Hmm. And when my kids, after my first diagnosis, can we do this? Yes, we can. Let's go. Yeah. And we say no too often. And we need to start saying yes to That's things. a huge life lesson, I yes, think. Because we do. We say no for what reason? I don't know. Why Some, do we say no so often? Sometimes it's pride. Sometimes it's yeah. privacy. So it's a lot of different things. Right. But the point that I think that I'm hearing you make, and you correct me if I'm wrong, is that there there is power that gets unleashed when we say yes versus saying no yes. when people extend themselves to us. And it really is scriptural because the Bible says in Matthew 25 that uh, we're supposed to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit them that are in jail, uh, take care of the sick. Uh, and when you have done that unto the least of these, you've done this as unto me. There's there's something spiritual in community aiding and assisting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is, are we always, is our heart open to receive that aid that's right. being, you know, it's trying to come to us, but we're closing it off it's, for whatever right. reason. That's a huge takeaway. That's a yeah. huge aha moment. I appreciate yeah. you being uh, um, transparent to share that. Right. Um, because it, that, that could be hard for some people to admit to. With the um, few seconds that we have left, and God, our time has gone by so quickly, and I, I'm, I am enjoying this discussion. What would you say, You're because you're still fighting the good fight yes. every day. You're still in the midst of the battle. Yes. Uh, you're still pushing forward. You're not on the other side of, of that as of yet. Uh, you thought you were the first time, and so here we are a second time around. Uh, what keeps you hopeful? What drives your hope or fuels your hope? My knowledge that... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me Mm. and he will bring me through it. He will bring you to it and he will bring you through it. Mm. And that's my knowledge. And it's not just a hope. It's my knowledge. I know this. I'm not hoping for it because he has promised it to me and I know it. Praise God. And you have just heard from Judy Atwood, who is a two time breast cancer uh, patient currently treating Uh, for her cancer at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Chicago, uh, originally diagnosed in December of 2008, and uh, has learned how to open up her heart to receive when others uh, offer to give of themselves. Thank you so much for not only opening up your heart, but now sharing your heart with this audience. Uh, And may the Lord continue to bless and uh, progress your healing process. We thank you for your time. Thank you. Percy will return here in just a moment. According to the American Cancer Society, nearly one out of three people in the U.S. will receive a cancer diagnosis during their lifetime. Caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today. To address this issue, we've developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. 
If you are a pastor, a leader in your church, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining is free. Sign up and you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources, information about ministry training opportunities, and our informative monthly email newsletter. Just visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page, and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. Percy, the conversations you have with these guests each week are so enlightening to us because these are people who are going through it, aren't they? And yet they all have such a positive attitude. Well, we know that, again, positivity is a huge factor that can impact a journey and allow people to be uh, empowered to move along. But yes, this particular story uh, was relevant for many different reasons. Obviously, a two-time breast cancer patient, uh, you know, who treated and then, uh, you know, understanding just uh, the power and the significance uh, from her perspective of being part of a collective that that provided support to her mm-hmm. and allowed her to be nurtured as she walked through her particular journey was 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 really important to understand. Yeah. And that support started with her own family. Uh, it was so touching to, you know, you could tell she got pretty emotional talking about her family. She did, and and that uh, that was a that was a tough discussion, uh, and that certainly her heart was was impacted, and she had to work through that, and she had to kind of figure out a way uh, to mutter through that discussion and and still maintain, uh, again, keeping her feet grounded. But you know, those are difficult conversations. I know I've been through that personally, mm-hmm. and and how uh, you manage that. But certainly, that was of value and importance to her. But I thought what was even more interesting was the fact that uh, that she had a tough time that she had to tell her three children she had to sit them down uh what three days before christmas to tell them about cancer wow wow but the family responded so positively so we're grateful for that um judy talked about you know too often we say no and she said there's power in yes did you pick up on that I did. And again, this is a very profound principle uh, for people who are used to being very independent, uh, people who are are typically givers and doers, you know, uh, uh, and I'm very much wired that way where, you know, at times in your life, you are placed in a scenario that when people reach out, offer to help and assist, uh, you know, you tend to just naturally say, no, I'll take care of it. I'll handle it. I got it. Uh, she had to learn how to say yes. Mm-hmm. And 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 the, and the effect of that on her, because, again, uh, talking about being part of a collective, letting uh, friends, families, well-wishers, church members uh, support her, help her and nurture her. And she gave a very interesting analogy uh, with regard to that. And, yeah. and and she stated specifically, you know, uh, a faith community in particular is like being a part of a pile of charcoal coals uh, <laughs> and that they are most effective in a pile, not sitting apart. Well, mm-hmm. she's talking about herself and that, you know, she had to make sure that she included herself uh, in the bigger pile and allowed them to surround her and help yep. her and support her. Yep. One ember helps another. <laughs> I like that, that analogy. A- yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's very profound when you sit and think about it in this context. And uh, she learned and she had to learn how to say yes uh, to that affect and allow it to be part of her journey and her process. Well, I suppose by now we shouldn't be surprised that the importance of community comes up in every conversation we have here. 
Well, yeah, again, cancer is not uh, it's it's not an individual sport. And we say this all the time. Cancer is a community disease. Uh, everyone around you are impacted. But also, conversely, you as the individual uh, really do need the support and love of others that can can build a wall of fire around you so that God can be the glory in the midst of you, if you will, if I can paint that analogy. And so, again, uh, it becomes a very huge component uh, of, of support and well-being as people attempt to move forward with this journey. Yep. And then Judy ended her conversation with your question about hope. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What a powerful testimony. It was powerful because this is a woman who had experienced, you know, different elements of her journey. And one of them was initially when she initially started her treatment, how she had this kind of immediate reduction uh, of her cancer. You know, in 11 days, a 60 percent reduction. Uh, She actually called it miraculous. Her doc had told her that, you know, we must have the wrong patient. This can't be the same individual. So, again, up helping us to understand Again, the journey, the ebb and flow, the highs and lows, and uh, and having good support and being connected to your community is vital at the end of the day. If you are concerned that you or someone you love may have cancer, consider reaching out to Cancer Treatment Centers of America for personalized diagnostic services. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that treats the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of the team with questions about your diagnostic and treatment options. The number, 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. And, of course, more information available as well at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, our question that we're asking our listeners to respond to really flows out of the conversation with Judy today. Did you resist allowing others to support you during your cancer journey and why? Would you take a few minutes and answer that question for us for the benefit of all of us? Did you resist allowing others to support you during your cancer journey and why? Percy, uh, our listeners are so helpful to each other. This is part of this community we keep talking about. And we want to continue to build this community and nurture it and reinforce it. So thank you for providing your responses so that we can help empower one another. Iron sharpens iron, the Word of God tells us. And so thank you for all of your responses to all of our questions. Answer the question at healthhopeandinspiration.com when you click on Connect. And something I haven't mentioned yet is our free resource this week, What the Bible Says About Hope. This is something you can download, print out, and use to encourage yourself and others. So print out this free resource right now at the same website, What the Bible Says About Hope, at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Take us back to that scripture, would you? Well, let's close with our spiritual nugget. And of course, now uh, this text makes a lot of sense based upon the conversation. Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through 12 basically says this, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not 
quickly or easily broken. We heard today from Judy, who talked about the importance of being connected to family, friends, and her local church, and huddling around and connecting herself to that love and to that faith that empowers and enables her to continue to walk her path and journey of cancer. That's Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, thanks for all you do for our benefit. Love you, brother. And remember, we've got work to do, so let's keep chopping the wood. God bless. Have a great day. Join us next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.